Welcome to the Excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. Hey, Nora, how's it going? Good, Bill. How are you doing today? Doing well. I see we have a guest with us today. Who do we have today? Another guest. We have David Brody with us today. He's the ergonomist lead uh, for Cargill, actually. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And good day to those that it's not morning, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have to do that now. Like, we work, we operate worldwide. And so, like, we talk to people in Singapore and stuff. And, like, sometimes it's, you know, night here and it's morning there. So, it's, it's hard to even know what to say some days. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you deal across all the time zones, we do as well. It's the same thing. It's like, just just hello is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how big is Cargill? Does it operate globally? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I sometimes forget. I think, I do not remember exactly how many countries we're in, but we're in every continent. Uh, we have close to 150,000 employees, I believe, wow. around the world. So, uh we're a large organization. You know, we are, I focus primarily in North America myself, where we have about maybe about fifty-five thousand people, employees working in North America. Wow, that's amazing! And so, you were telling us before we started today that you guys don't grow anything, but you're in the agriculture business. Is that how you say it? Or are you in the food business? How do you how do you describe what you do? With Cargill, it's hard to narrow it down. Uh, we have a very wide breadth of what we do. We're, wow. we're heavily into food and agricultural based products. So there is, we have a large protein component of our industry, which includes anything from meat to alternative proteins. Wow. Uh, so wow. we are into that business as well and fish uh, that we were, in, we're involved in. Uh, we're in corn, we're in salt, we're in additives, wow. oils. You know, one of my favorite ones is our chocolate. Uh, uh, segment, so that's always a fun group to work with. I that like that. My favorite as well. <laughs> Me too. So, so do you do you have a lot of employees that do like what we call manual labor, where you know it's a lot of hands on or maybe moving, lifting that kind of stuff, where robotics or automation or exoskeletons or technology could help? Uh, absolutely. I mean, honestly. Uh, a good portion all of our facilities are very manual focused okay so we are continuing to add automation where it makes sense and where it can fit uh, but a lot of our industries because of the type of work we do uh, we have challenging environments and challenging areas and it's it takes a while to get that technology to fit our space mm. so it's obviously an effort because you're trying to figure out where does the right technology fit in to uh, support production and reduce the risks to our employees? Right. But it's it, it takes time because it, we, we have a lot of, like I said, it's challenging environments to try and make that automation work and function on a daily basis. Yeah, we were talking with uh, Aaron Prather last time, and, and one of the examples he used is there's some uh, robots automation for picking apples. And he said, you know, one of the things that – that the farmers are looking for is a 
robot or an automation system that can do multiple things, not just pick an apple, but do this and be used for this thing. Sort of like a, a tractor that's kind of a, a use-all type thing. Do you see similar things in your industry? Well, I say, I'd probably say one of the things that fits heavily for us are robotics, but on the essentially in the pick-and-place type mm. automation. So you look for the types of components and a company that can provide the type of components where you have flexibility right. because we have so many different things that need to be put into boxes and packed and sent out to the stores. So it, when you find things that, you know, it could be down to picking up an egg mm -hmm. all the way up to picking up a large box. Type wow. Of so, and it's some of it, you know, the speed of some of this coming down the line, it, it's actually pretty amazing when you see some of this uh, automation work, how quickly they can see, pick, and place items in the boxes so accurately. And it's, it, it is an amazing thing because that type of repetition and that type of work right. is very difficult for a human to be exposed to. And the fact that we continue to define those things, and, and there's been a lot of changes over the last five years to see where robotics is really adding value to to our locations right so so speed is like an important thing for you guys because it's tied to productivity and efficiency and everything i assume absolutely yeah and are you using these um automated systems in all of your um locations or are they just in a certain amount or certain types well you know as everybody deals with it's it's budget, right? So right. Yeah. it's not, we've been growing, right? So it's not like they're everywhere, but we have, we work through plants and we figure out where uh, this type of automation can work. Mm. And once you figure out that it can work in certain conditions, then you have the ability to expand it. But you still have to work, obviously, within budgets to say right. you don't just instantly buy it all for everywhere. It, it ha it's a time factor and, and, mm -hmm. uh, we are seeing where we, where we can make it work, and and it's it, and it's works. And what we do is, we're broken up into kind of business units or segments. And once you figure out how to do it within one of those, uh, then you uh, then you can expand. And, that and makes because sense. it's very you know when when you look at us, it's like one of our segments is like one type of car plant, you know, type of thing. It's, you do that thing. Right. So it's there's obviously some differences because you have different products, but the general idea is very close. So it makes it that that's how our engineers work through this, and then they're they're figuring out how to how to really advance our, our facilities. That's really cool. That's amazing. So, do you have like a group of like uh, researchers and engineers that kind of help figure out what what's going to work in a plant, and is it mostly like? buying commercial things and modifying or is it inventing stuff in-house what what works best for your your company uh I, we have an engineering group and i think the their work at a corporate level to support the individual facilities mm. and, and that's kind of like what we do at a corporate level period is that you try and work to figure out what solutions and what programs you can provide to the plants that basically support them Nice. So then some of these ch more challenging questions, you can put a team on it that doesn't basically drag the resources from a facility so they can focus on the day-to-day -day work, the production. 
they're obviously part of the projects, but at the same time, you need to have this external subject matter experts in there that can focus on a challenge. And for us, it's uh, it, it's working directly with vendors, right? So right. It's, it's about using the technology that is out there, but working with those vendors to tailor it and figure out how it can fit into our workplaces to do what we do. Right. And you're you're obviously a, a very well-renowned ergonomics expert. I mean, I'll ask you a, a general question. It's not a cargo question, but when you look at robots or an exoskeleton or some sort of automation that's going to work closely with a person, what do you think about? What's what's the first thing that comes into your mind? And, and what would you love to see out there right now? What would you love to see people to kind of think about and, and move toward? Well, you're being an ergonomist, your primary focus is risk reduction. Mm-hmm. So, and what you're trying to do is, is pick the right solutions for the, for the right tasks. So ah, okay. it's, it, you're looking at the entire spectrum. So I think when you think part of your question is, what do you want people to think about? Yeah. Think, learn and understand the full spectrum of opportunities out there and don't discount anything. Mm. It's kind of like a brainstorming session where you sit there and say, there's no bad idea. Right. You have to understand the capabilities of everything that's out there and know your goal is to figure out where my risks are and where the right solution fits in. So automation isn't going to work for everything and it doesn't have a payback for in the right situations. Right. So what, what we try and do is partner, what we're working on is partnering with an engineering team to say, what is the full hierarchy of controls that we want to put out there for the types of risks we have Hmm. and certain groups focus on high level automation and certain groups have to focus on different levels and making sure that we have all types of vendors all types of solutions available and that goes right down to the you know from our perspective we're still at that stage where we're figuring out where in that hierarchy and where do exoskeletons fit in because uh, we're a different environment and we have much more dynamic work, mm. much our, our environments are cold, they're wet, they're hot, they're steamy. There's all kinds of factors that come in there that uh, that make it very, you know, the, the initial design of certain exoskeletons are not a perfect fit. Right. So we're, but we're not negating it. We're not sitting there saying it's never. We're saying we have to be more careful and we have to be very specific on where we put them so that we can be successful. Right. Because uh, when you try and fit them into the wrong space, basically what happens and what we've told our plants is when you're trying to implement, every time you bring some new technology in like that, that you haven't done the right prep work on, if it fails, it makes it more challenging to either bring it back. Yeah. Or, or bring it to the next, or, or bring in the next new idea, and because everybody's like, "Oh, Dave obviously doesn't know what he's talking about." So. <laughs> it yeah. brings in that that P word that Bill and I love, the perception, right? Like yeah. you always want that, especially with this situation, you want it to go smoothly so that the perception of the first time working with it is positive. Um, because as soon as you get some type of negative perception yeah. or negative experience, it really does really does uh, change the way people are willing to accept new changes or, or new items that are supposed to be helpful. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I've heard this many times. It's a lot of it is like managing uh, perception and expectations also because, you know, when you bring in, like you were talking about, Dave, some technology, no matter what it is, 
you know, and you're piloting and you're trying it out. If people think it's like, okay, this is exactly what we're going to get once we say this is good or bad, then they have a different expectation versus, hey, we're going to try this out. We may use this technology if it works out or modify it to make it work better for our situation. Because I've seen that in some industries where even with exoskeletons, they bring an exoskeleton. It works pretty good for what they want it to do, but they still need to modify it a little bit because of the environment. Like like you say, if it was a wet environment or an environment where, uh, in this case, they didn't want the exoskeleton to accidentally bump something and mar one of the, one of the finishes, so they had to put protectors on it. You know, simple modification, but it wasn't exactly like they did when they did the pilot. And I think that's that's something also that people don't get is you have to when you're trying stuff out, you have to really kind of think about okay, this may not be exactly what I'm going to get once we we do this, and that's a hard thing to get mm-hmm. folks. They're just you know, trying to do their job and trying to do it the best they can. And you're trying to throw something on them right now. Yeah, I think uh, what that really requires from both sides is, is patience in mm. that, uh, both from the vendor and from the company, because, you know, vendors, they need to make sales, right? They, that's right. how they stay in business. But if your product doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Right. And, and, and you got to. Yeah. It's trying to fit that into that situation is it, it does not work well but and, and it's and it's partnership so I, I when i look at this whole situation it's like if you approach say an exoskeleton producer from that idea of you're partnering with my organization so in other words we know you've created something and it works great under these conditions right for you to grow you know once you've sold to every car manufacturer what next right Right. In other words, yeah, now your device like needs to be flexible. Yeah. You need to think about where, where do I go from here? And there, I think what we got to look at here is it's a new, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, for moving into the industrial sector, it's still very new. Right. And, and it's done exactly what, I mean, what's positive is that they, they, they focused on a very specific type of work and, it, and an industry that had the capacity to work with them and, test it and build it to its current state right but and now hopefully that puts them at a point where they they can evolve and they can continue to modify and we're seeing that honestly on a yearly basis that they come out with here's the tweaks we've made here's what we're doing because it's constant feedback right and and these folks are they're inventors yeah so you know they don't want to just invent one thing and say i'm done most of them want to what's next yeah exactly yeah, and, and that's, you know, I've heard it's, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of the double-edged sword. It's like, you know, they are inventors and they are making innovations. And sometimes, you know, for larger corporations, that's almost too fast because the larger ones say, okay, that's what I want. Let's lock it down and keep that steady for a little while so I know how to deploy it and maintain it and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there's this little bit of dynamic of going back and forth of innovation versus steady, constant, and getting what you can expect every time, you know? Oh, absolutely. And and I, I the thing with us is, and I think for our industry, is the idea that we can be patient. In other words, we are working on tons of things at one time. So what we're willing to do is wait for this solution to be the right fit. Right. 
and 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 what will happen is everything we're doing across the whole hierarchy will have addressed automation will have pushed things so when you look two to three years from now cargill plants are going to look completely different many of them mm. so what's going to happen is you're we're going to see well what's left what risks are still present and as we plan for that we can plan to work with these vendors to say this is you're going to be what's left this is the key focus areas and understanding when those low back exoskeletons what manual material handling do we still have mm. because a robot doesn't make sense for right. how often that's done per day right or the or how much mobility is required while you're actually doing that work type of thing uh so uh this will work itself out i mean it it's you know what happens with new technology we got very excited and trying to push them out there right away but we quickly learned to slow down and you know develop the program develop the process to really plan and prep for this and, and do it right otherwise uh, yeah like I said we have too many failures right yeah and you know we talk a little bit about this sometimes in this idea of uh Sometimes we call it industry 4.0 and industry 5.0 and, and the dynamic between those two things. And, you know, the simple way that I've heard it described is 4.0 is about making all your machines kind of talk to each other and exchanging data. And 5.0 is this idea that, you know, the plant is really built around the humans versus making the humans fit to the plant. And, uh, you know, that's going to change what you're talking about, the risk, you know, and, and 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 what what technologies are going to fit best when that risk does change you know yeah and and part of the reality is industry 4.0 is giving us the data to be to move towards 5.0 right and 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 there's a lot of ergonomists out there that are being very patient to say well thank goodness 5.0 is finally showing up <laughs> right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah and it, you know it goes to the workforce development and you know one of the things we talk about with with robotics and exos and other technologies is like how is it going to change the workforce and what opportunities are going to be provided by this is it going to change a you know a very manual labor job where which requires heavy lifting where you're lifting 35 to 50 pounds on a regular basis, which is pretty, pretty stiff lifting if you're doing it all day long to now instead of a very certain type of person that can do that. Now we open that up to other people and maybe maybe we take down the, the amount that's being lifted anyway by doing other things with robots and stuff. And so there's a lot of opportunities there. Oh, definitely. I mean, part of the part of the idea of when you look at the breadth of technology out there is to sit there and say, where, where can I use automation robotics to basically manage all that higher level risk? Right. So that hopefully we have very few jobs out there where you are lifting the heavier loads mm. that we've been able to find out where we can use robotics to handle that. Yeah. And where does other solutions fit in to manage the risk that's below that? So, we just make more and more jobs safer and safer. Right. And do you, do you think about 
And I'm sure you do. But do you think about like the quality of the jobs? Because, you know, certain jobs can be, you know, very repetitive and, and for a lot of people boring. Not for everybody, because some people like doing the same thing over and over again. But for a lot of people, it can be boring. Do you guys think about that when you're looking at technologies to help with uh, the solution? I would say no. I mean, I think, I mean, quality is obviously a piece of the puzzle, but I mean, we do different type of work. So we, we have a little more flexible. We're not worried about shipping paint. Right. 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 Okay. Right. Yeah. That makes we're, sense. We're a little more rugged environment where that's, you've got enough, you've got enough variety as you, as you have it right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you bump into our product, you're getting dirty. Not, not it. So, oh, okay. um, the, that's so there's flex the, the quality piece there's components in there and i'm not going to get into details about it because it, not everybody wants to hear that kind of stuff but um for us when you make the jobs more efficient and, and easier to to do yeah it does work into that yes we do get better production we get better quality and it basically it, it does have an impact but our views are definitely different and, our, and the types of things we look at are dramatically different. That's cool. Yeah, really neat. Absolutely. Well, this is great, Dave. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. I've, I learned a lot of stuff and uh, this is really fascinating. I'm looking forward to working with you on this journey to use this technology to help everybody out. So thank you for everything today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Dave, so much. Looking forward to seeing one of your facilities, too. <laughs> you say that now, but... Yeah, I, I, well, know, I know what you're saying. You're, you're you've just, warned me not to wear any nice clothing. <laughs> you just got to be specific. I'm looking forward to visiting one of your chocolate plants, Dave. There you go. That's, you know what? I knew, I knew you and I were going to be kindred spirits. So, you know, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.